0: Hi, Ace Babes, and welcome back to Ace Space, a podcast by, for, and about people on the asexual spectrum.
1: Yeehaw. I'm Michaela King.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michaela King, uh, one half of your hosts. I am a demiromantic heterosexual. That's not right. <laughs> I am when you get a your own identity. <laughs> I know. I am a demisexual heteroromantic girl from Seattle.
1: And I am the other half of your hosting duo. My name is Alex Abraham. I am an asexual queer human being from Rhode Island. So I wanted to just give a quick announcement. We do have a Twitter
0: and an email. I know last episode we said we were still in the midst of setting that up, but it is live. So on Twitter, you can find us at Ace Space Podcast and our Gmail, if you want to send us questions or anything, I guess, is acespacepod at gmail.com. So just so y'all have those and our personal Twitters will give that to you again. Mine is Michaela Tweeting, M-I-K-A-Y-L-A Tweeting, and Alex's is A-I-E-X-A-B-E. So you can follow us all over and we are looking for your questions. We would like to do like a QA. So if you have anything, you can tweet those at us. Or if you want to just tag your tweets using hashtag AceSpacePod, we'll see them that way as well. We'd love to connect with you guys. And that leads us in to today's episode. Today, we are going to be breaking down different identities that live on the ace spectrum. These include both asexual identities and sexual identities and aromantic identities romantic identities so we're going to be talking about a lot of different things and actually in my research i found some new terms which i'm excited to discuss that will with be you all
1: yeah i don't know any so
0: <laughs> i thought i knew a lot but then i like actually looked at some official resources and i was like oh i've never heard of
1: this well, I literally can't open Twitter without learning about a new sexuality, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good problem I don't, to have. That's fair. I don't know if I'm just like, I don't pay attention and am oblivious, or if we live in a time that's truly this, like, socially progressive. <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, true. We both just paused to take sips of our drinks in perfect unison. <laughs> that was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so how this is going to work is
0: I have some definitions about different a spectrum sexualities. I got a lot of this from the internet. My two main sources were glad.org, who has a whole infographic on asexuality and different ace per, uh, different ace identities. The other resource I used for a majority of this information is asexuality.org. I love them. Really? I've never heard of them before this. I think I follow them on Twitter. I am just, I feel like I am such a, like, a newbie when it comes to being inside (laughs) the asexual community. Like, I just haven't, like, been inside it, even though I have been inside it for Mm -hmm. years. I just haven't been a participant inside it, I guess. So I don't know any of these things.
1: (laughs) It's okay. I don't know much either. I just will occasionally have a crisis and go on their website and read through chat forums. Mm. (laughs) And then feel a little better. (laughs) You're like, oh, wait, am I asexual? And then you go on and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like, sometimes I'm like, am I asexual? Is this just me being ace or do I have a medical problem? (laughs) Okay. So another thing I'd be
0: interested in while we go through these is if you actually like find that you identify with
1: some, because
0: I feel like some of these I read them and I was like, huh, maybe that's
1: me. Okay, I'm, I'm yeah. into this. Although as call back to our last episode, labels terrify me. <laughs>
0: we'll see. Right. I mean, just like collect all the labels and that way you don't have to like pin down. Oh my God. The and ones. then
1: I'll be one of those people, like one of those teenagers with like all of their identities in their Twitter bio and it's like the max mm-hmm. character limit and I don't know what any of it says. And then I feel like an and old it's person. all <laughs> like, yeah, it's all uh, shortened yeah. into acronyms. Yeah. And it's like, okay, maybe if I were 18 still and in a high school surrounded by other children who speak. And not, you know, an adult with my day job who barely looks up maybe once a day.
0: (laughs) I never knew the, like, fancy text acronyms. I'd always have to Google them. Me too. Even when I was 16. Like, I was not in the know. Didn't this happen, like, literally yesterday? Oh, my God. With Sam? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it did. It did happen yesterday. Okay, so we are going to start off with... Just the basic definition the one I feel most people know asexuality. Asexual people are people who do not experience sexual attraction or desire, and sometimes that's an and or, sometimes it's both. One important distinction to know about asexuality is it's not like celibacy, which is a choice to abstain, this is about the intrinsic oh my god. That wasn't a word. This is. It was almost there. You, you were really close. <laughs> this is the uh, actual...
1: I'm trying to not say that word again. Intrinsic?
0: Is that what you want? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but I'm scared that I'm like oh, it's mentally okay. Wait, too... Wait, I'll say it, and then you can just edit it in like you're the one who said it.
0: <laughs> no, we don't sound the same, Alex. <laughs> Asexuality is an intrinsic part of who we are. It's like any other sexual orientation. It's not that you abstain from sex. It is that you just do not feel that sexual attraction or desire. Um, and asexual people are just as capable as forming romantic, intimate relationships and sustaining those through their lifetime.
1: Heck, yeah, I knew okay. that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, And also another thing to know about asexuality, which I think is a common misconception, is that attraction and action are not the same. So there are asexual people who do have sex. There are some asexual people who are completely repulsed by sex Mm -hmm. and the idea of it. Um, There's some who are sex neutral, sex positive. Some even have uh, libido and masturbate. It's like... You oh, know, yeah, there's a
1: lot of I was thinking about that actually things. after we finished recording last time. I was just thinking like oh we didn't even touch on like asexuality and masturbation and then I was like I don't know if I like have enough to say about it and then I actually all week was just thinking of stuff to say about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: definitely planning that to be a future episode so for sex and asexuality and you know how they can engage. Mm-hmm. So in the future we'll definitely be talking more about that. But, you know, this is just a brief overview of all the identities we can get to in 40 minutes. Let's
1: see. Okay.
0: Now, the counterpart to asexual people um, is allosexual people. This is a term you'll hear a lot in ace circles because it simply means someone who does experience sexual attraction. So they are opposites. One is not less than or the other than the other. It's not a derogatory term. It's, like, literally the equivalent of saying cisgender when you're speaking in trans circles. It's the same. It's just an identifier for people who experience sexual attraction. I've had people on Twitter, after I've used that term, claim I was being homophobic. Oh. Do you remember that? No. Oh, it was... Okay, so it was when that, like, um... I don't know. It was like a hypersexual meme that was circling around. And I said, Allosexual people are wild. Oh. I was like, an indirect about it. <laughs> and people came into my mentions and were like, mm, Are you perchance homophobic? Oh my God. And I was like, No. <laughs> Do you see all these queer people around me? Like, no.
1: <laughs> that's, actually, that's one thing that I find actually incredibly wild is just like the way that people equate sexuality in general with the gays like it's they almost make it like perverted like oh if you're if you're gay you have just a ton of sex it's like (laughs) Uh, and the thing is i i
0: think i googled it afterward to see like why they would even say that and i think There was something, I don't know if it's true, but I remember seeing something about it historically being tied to homosexuality, but uh, I don't, it's not in a modern text, it's not used to be derogatory, it's usually not even used um, to describe
1: gay people. Yeah, no. Like, in particular. Honestly, when I'm saying aloe, I usually am talking about straight people. (laughs) Yeah, usually,
0: but really, it's just like a blanket term for a lot of different identities. All that basically, if you're not on the a spectrum, you're allosexual. Yeah, so that's like a good majority of people. Mm-hmm. It's like saying cis, and people who get mad about you calling them cis are just ridiculous. I love the when same people get goes mad at me for, for calling them allosexual. Cis. I love that <laughs> when people don't like being called cis. Yeah, it's, it's like okay. <laughs>
1: Like, exactly it's like, why okay. it's like being
0: mad if they called you straight i know like, no, that's kind of what you are
1: like uh, man people are
0: wild <laughs> <laughs> so another common identity one that's fairly well known is a romantic so similar to asexuality how that is someone who doesn't experience sexual attraction iromantic people do not experience romantic attraction However, this is not something I really realized before searching this. A-romantic people may still choose to have romantic relationships and to be in one. So it's not so much that they don't desire a romantic relationship. It is that they don't feel that romantic attraction to someone. So like we said last episode, how romantic attraction is like, who you imagine getting forehead kisses from, they don't experience that. But they
1: would potentially want to be in a romantic relationship. I once knew someone who was um, heterosexual, aromantic, and they would, like, hook up with people all the time and were living their best, like, sex-positive life, but had no interest in romance whatsoever. And it was, like, really fun and interesting to talk about, like, attraction with this person mm-hmm. because it was, like, we were coming from almost completely opposite ends.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Like, polar opposites, but still very, very similar because you still are on the A spectrum. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I... I know people who are aromantic um, in, like, outside circles, but I don't know anyone personally.
1: I just read a book, actually, and I meant to tell you about it. Um by the author rosie thor who is asexual and aromantic um and one of the point of view characters was asexual and aromantic it's a young adult novel it's called tarnished are the stars i think it comes out next month mm. um, oh, okay it had really good rep though like i don't it explained aromanticism in a way that like i have never seen done well <laughs> and cool. it did it very well so shout out i'll for have that to book. read it yeah it was good yeah
0: I would love to know more about aromanticism. It's definitely one that I feel like I have very limited knowledge about. And I feel like it's one I'd really like to be educated on. Yeah, if there's any aromantic people out there who feel the desire to talk about aromanticism, um, you can even send us, like, I don't know, what you think it means to be aromantic in your experience. And maybe we'll share it on the podcast. Another thing... That I had heard about but didn't completely understand is this thing called queer platonic partnerships or QPPs, which is really common for aromantic people. So these are partnerships that are platonic, but they are similar to how romantic relationships function. So it's not really a best friend. Like, you have the same level of commitment as you would in a romantic relationship. These are lifelong partners, and sometimes they'll even have children or get married and make life decisions together. Um, But it is a platonic relationship rather than a romantic relationship. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I really support those. Seems like actually maybe one of the healthiest ways to raise a child.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. No, it sounds great, actually. I mean, if you have no desire for a m- romantic relationship, like, what better way to live than with a a queer person? I think about this all the, the time, way. too, because
1: I have friends who I'm, like, I have, I so I have friends who I very blatantly, like, I, like, do not have a crush on, but often think about raising a family with.
0: <laughs> oh, interesting. Like,
1: I would have kids with you. You seem responsible. <laughs> I have not
0: personally have that thought, but that could be because I don't want children. Yeah, that's so... I, I don't either, though.
1: It's just something I think about.
0: <laughs> You're just like, uh, you'd be a good parent. Thank
1: you. I would try. So
0: next, we do have um, other types of sexual or no, we already know about the sexuals. There are other romantic identities. <laughs> You're laughing at that. You said
1: the sexuals. <laughs> Yeah, the
0: sexuals. Um, there are other romantic identities that follow the same sort of prefix system that allosexual people and identities have. So, hetero romantic, like I am, mm-hmm. biromantic, pan romantic, etc. romantic. Mm-hmm queer, romantic, whatever you want to identify as. All those have the same meanings except for instead of sexual attraction, they are defining romantic attraction. So the next two that we're going to talk about is demisexual and demiromantic. Hey, that's me. Yeah. So demisexuality and demiromanticism are subsets of asexuality and aromanticism respectively. So, obviously, all of these are going to be now subsets of those two identities. So, asexuality and aromanticism kind of serve as umbrella terms as well as identifiers for people, and they can be broken down further into these subsets of identities, which live on the spectrum. So, really, anyone who identifies as demisexual can also identify as asexual, I mean, you can identify as you want. No one's going to place you here. Yeah,
1: exactly. You can identify whoever the fuck you want. Unless you're like, I'm specifically attracted to chairs and chairs only, I will almost definitely believe you. I mean,
0: maybe there's someone out there. I'm sure that there is. (laughs) Demisexuality and demiromanticism in particular means half. So demi is French for half. And is used to describe people who do not experience attraction until a significant emotional bond has formed. So this could be you don't feel sexual attraction or it could be that you don't feel romantic attraction.
1: I actually didn't know that that's where the word came from. That's pretty neat.
0: Demi for half. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't know that either. So it's like you're half asexual, (laughs) I guess, is the idea behind it.
1: Or half sexual, depending, you know, how you
0: want to look at that. This, um I guess it comes from this idea that there are two types of attraction, which is primary attraction and then secondary attraction. Primary attraction is attraction to people based on first impressions, so their appearance, or this example is how they smell. I've never been attracted to someone based off their smell, but uh, maybe I'm not the correct source here. Hey, allosexuals, this is a call for you to come... <laughs> Hey, allosexual friends. Let us know. Do you find yourself (laughs) attracted to people based on smell? Right in. (laughs) And then secondary attraction develops over time and forms out of a relationship and emotional connection. So people who are demisexual and demiromantic experience that second attraction, not so much the first attraction. I will put a caveat that I think... A lot of demisexual people, in particular, have a strong aesthetic attraction to
1: people mm-hmm.
0: um, on that primary level, but then it develops into something
1: deeper over time. I experience uh, aesthetic attraction very much, but to the degree where I think I just love women. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just like see a girl, any girl, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> I mean, valid. Females are very they're pretty so people. pretty.
0: Yeah, I I love looking at people for aesthetics. Like, there's some very beautiful people out there.
1: Like, it's just, it's great. I remember once in high school, I got called out for checking out my friend. And I was like, I wasn't checking him out. I was just looking at him. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. Okay, so next up, we're
0: going to be talking about gray sexual and gray romanticism. So we briefly kind of talked about this last episode, but gray sexualities, um, they are people who find themselves only attracted to people sometimes. Um, it seems like there isn't really a reason behind their attraction a lot of the time. It seems to be random. Gray sexual people typically have a very low sex drive, And they can enjoy or desire sex or romantic relationships, but it's under very limited and specific circumstances. So I know some gray people, it's just completely random and they don't know what triggers it. And other gray sexual people, maybe it's like they have to meet a very, very specific guideline in order for them to experience romantic or sexual attraction. I feel like gray sexual, as the name kind of suggests, is very unknown um uh, gray sexual kind of reminds me of like fog i know like
1: you don't really know what's going on i but sometimes it happens i think when we talked about it last time i think i had said like that was one of the first terms i like n- like identified with and i mm-hmm. and y- i don't really anymore but as a teenager i remember being like i don't really get it but it sounds good yeah <laughs>
0: I don't know what's happening either. Let's exactly, go with that one. Yeah. This one I do know a few gray sexual people. I haven't really spoken to them in depth about their gray sexuality though. Uh one thing I will say, I'll put a little asterisk on this episode. This one is a brief overview, but I would really like to do more in-depth episodes about each sexuality and each romantic identity. So, in the future, we will be looking for people who have these identities, and so we can get a more in-depth look at it and ex- talk about, like, um, the
1: intricacies of everyone. I'm very curious. to Like, I love hearing people talk about their niche sex stuff like yes tell me
0: (laughs) now we're gonna get into the ones that i only learned about after researching this episode and i'm sure that these are not all the a spec identities that there are out there so if you know of more please send us them because i want to learn about them if you identify with something that we didn't talk about today let me know i want to know so this first one is recipro sexual and reciprocal romantic?
1: Yeah, um, I like, hey. I briefly looked at the Google Doc on that one, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> okay, same. Because when I read this, I
0: was like, huh, maybe that's me. Well, and then I, I thought about it. I t- to, wait, th- yeah, you finish. I had to then investigate that. <laughs> for about a week as I was thinking about it, and I've come to some decisions, but we'll talk about the definition first yes. and then jump into that.
1: What was your experience? Well, it? I was just gonna say I read that, and I immediately was like, I don't know if that's so much a sexual identity as it is just like a like a personal like you know how they talk about like type like oh, you know, I'm into people who are very this way who are who are very that way mm-hmm. like is that more of a personality thing than a sexual thing. Um, or like a sexuality thing. And so that was one where I was very curious, like, I don't know, I was like, I, just like on a, like a psychological standpoint, like what part of your brain determines that? And is it the same? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was
0: neat. So reciprocal sexuality and recipro romanticism, which is so much fun to say. <laughs> it describes someone who doesn't experience sexual or romantic attraction to someone until that they know that that person reciprocates it so they have to know that that person is attracted to them first before that they develop sexual or romantic attraction i wish i had that problem <laughs> <laughs> unrequited love so sad um okay so what was interesting to me um not so much the reciprocal romanticism Because I feel like I have had crushes before. But this idea of reciprocal sexuality was interesting to me when I read this. Because um, in my demisexuality, it feels like it's always sort of... It happens after I realize that they reciprocate. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to establish like this deep emotional connection that then leads to me feeling sexual attraction with someone unless I know that they are also interested in Mm -hmm. me. But then I thought about it more. (laughs) And I was like, wait, no, I'm not this. Because, again, like we said on the last episode, remember that boyfriend that I don't count as a boyfriend? Yeah. Uh, I know he reciprocated, but, like, I didn't develop
1: those feelings. That's like... I, I really strongly identify with the the term morosexual, which is a joke term. It means, like, att- attracted to morons. <laughs> like, I always <laughs> just think of that one. Like, yes. <laughs> and then I also thought, oh, wait a minute. All
0: these dating apps that I'm on, just because someone reciprocates doesn't mean that I'm going to, like, actually develop sexual attraction to them. Right. So I think this one is sort of like if I were to make a grid of my sexuality, I would have maybe a tiny tiny sliver. A tiny sliver of my sexuality pie chart mm-hmm. would be this. But I don't think I would identify with this right. as a term. I think I but I think that's true for a lot of people like you are saying. I think a lot of people like reciprocation and need it in order to you know, make their feelings deeper mm-hmm. or to let themselves develop more feelings. This one seems different because it seems like you're asexual that was said. That word. Was fun. You're <laughs> you're asexual or aromantic up to the point of realizing that this person reciprocates and then a switch happens. I don't really know. Because for me I'm I'm like that would be the point where I start allowing myself to create emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Versus that being, like, the switch point, you know? I mean, this is definitely one I don't know much about. So I would love to hear about people's experiences with it. Like, is it... um, Like, do they have to meet other requirements before this switch happens? What do those requirements look like? Or is it, like, anyone who has a crush on you, you feel yourself having either romantic or sexual attraction to? I don't know. Because it's like this... Like, this idea that you know like all gay people are attracted to all men sort of thing like that's not true yeah. so um, i'm curious how this works um with like different like do you have to be aesthetically attracted to them and then once you realize they reciprocate then it's like oh okay and then you suddenly feel s- sexual attraction to them or romantic attraction you know I'm i'm curious mm-hmm. what the deal is yeah. or is it like if you're a, if you're recipro-romantic, is it, do you experience sexual attraction? And then as soon as they reciprocate,
1: you're like, oh,
0: maybe I could date them.
1: You know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. This is definitely one yeah. of those ones where I'm like, I don't know if I get it. I'm going to try to, like, I try to be very open-minded and like, into whatever, like how people want to identify, but this is definitely one that's like hard for me to wrap my head around, but I'm like interested in it. I'm glad it was on the list. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm very interested in it. So, kind of the opposite of that is a koi-sexual. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's A-K-O-I-sexual. Yeah. Formerly lith-sexual and a koi-romantic as well. So, this is someone who experiences sexual or romantic attraction but only if it is not, or it
1: fades, if it is reciprocated. See, this sounds more like kink culture to me. Then I mean, maybe yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure there's people out there who like really identify. I with know. This. No, that's the thing. It's so interesting to think like you know, for some people, like this word is going to be like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel, and for other people, it's going to be like, well, I feel that way, but I don't know that I would call it this because I don't necessarily relate it to my sexual like maybe I'm like a heterosexual person or like a gay person and like I, I I experienced this but I never considered it like a part of my sexuality I considered it like a part of my sex life which is different so oh, okay
0: I see what you say yeah
1: so it's 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 another like with the last one I'm like oh that's I didn't know that was a thing
0: <laughs> once you realize that those that person shares in their attraction it can fade um maybe instantly maybe over time. I I mean I can't really say anything about this because I it's so new to me that I don't know really what to discuss I about know. it. I know. I'm a
1: little bit like oh man, that sounds like it would be very difficult.
0: <laughs> it does sound like it would be very
1: difficult, especially
0: if you are someone who desires a romantic relationship like Um, Even if you don't experience the attraction, Mm -hmm. if you want a a partnership like that, it'd be really hard to know that as soon as you are in a committed relationship that those feelings that you feel are going to fade and then you're going to be worried that your partner realizes they're fading Mm -hmm. and, like, may get, I don't know, like uncomfortable with the relationship or insecure in the relationship and it's almost it
1: sounds almost scary too to be like oh i'm only attracted to people who aren't attracted to me back
0: yeah i don't know anyone who identifies with this but i'd be interested to talk to someone more about it
1: unless you're gonna be aggressive and weird i I, we haven't put this as a caveat for like all the times we're like oh yeah let like reach out totally reach out if you identify in any way we haven't discussed or have discussed please do But if you're just going to be, like, acephobic and gross in our mentions, just don't. (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to entertain that. Um,
0: Those people can leave. We've been very welcoming up to this point, but now
1: I'm like, wait, maybe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling that aphobes are not going to be listening to this podcast. That's fair. Hopefully. But they might have a
1: lot of time on their hands.
0: Also, if we say anything that, like, needs to be corrected, let us know, because um, I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah. And I want to make this a happy a happy space for everyone. 100%. I agree. Yeah. So, if we say anything that offends you, uh, we're sorry. Let us know, and we won't do it again.
1: We'll try not to. I, I'll be honest. I might not on purpose. <laughs> I'm kind of a big mouth. And then I'll call you yeah, out thank on you. it. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Okay, so this last identity
0: we're going to talk about is flux and aeroflux, and this is another one that I kind of identify with now. Ooh, I love Um, it. So this, yeah, so this idea is that your sexual or romantic orientation fluctuates around the spectrum, going from asexual to allosexual, aromantic to alloromantic. Is that the term? I think so. Perhaps. Maybe. Why not? Um, so, some people who are ace flux or aero will always stay within the ace spectrum, while others may occasionally fall outside of it. So, um, it's all about how you feel at the moment. That's really interesting. It can fluctuate from, like, sex repulsed to sex positive. Um, maybe it depends on the person. Maybe it depends, like, the person you have the relationship with. Um, maybe it depends on, I don't know, the time of year, Mm -hmm. um, where you are in your life, your financial situation. Maybe if you're feeling a lot of financial instability, you wouldn't feel sexual attraction anymore. I don't know. I don't really know what would be the switch for people. I'm sure it varies from person to person. So that's
1: really interesting because I had never heard that term before, but I have definitely heard of this identity because, um, earlier this year I read a graphic memoir, uh, called gender queer by Maya Kababe and um he is a like gender nonconforming individual um who identified as asexual really early on um and then realized that like the the patterns of asexuality were like an almost an annual thing like it would it would be you know sometimes more asexual than others sometimes you know super allosexual and then not anymore for a few months at a time um Mm. and i was like oh that's really interesting because i never thought to keep track of it that way um until i read um like this memoir uh which was super cool and I definitely recommend it because it has some good ace talks. It's mostly about gender feelings, but it also has some good like ace versus aloe um feelings. <laughs> so, yeah, it's
0: it's really interesting. I really like this term. Um I think it really lifts some of that pressure like we were saying before how labels are terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's um true. <laughs> just acknowledging that ace flux can happen within your identity could be really relieving. Yeah, because like I said I said this in maybe our first episode that I identify as demisexual but sometimes I also use asexual and sometimes I feel like asexual fits more. Yeah. Um, even when I'm in a relationship. So I really like this idea of Ace Flux mm-hmm. that it can fluctuate along the spectrum. So maybe one day I'm feeling particularly demisexual, or in some days I'm feeling very asexual, and it doesn't invalidate my identity. No, at all. I totally agree. I am a big fan of this one. So those are all the a spec identities that we have to talk about today.
1: Thank you for organizing that, Mikela. I feel like I learned a lot just now. I feel like I learned a lot. (laughs) In this past half hour, I think my vocabulary has increased (laughs) tenfold.
0: (laughs) Right? And again, I I keep mentioning this, but I really want to go really in depth with each of these sexualities, Mm -hmm. especially the ones we don't know very much about. So if you are someone who identifies on these um, with these identities, or you just know of a good resource, please let us know. I would love To do, like, a gray sexual episode and a um, reciprocal romantic episode and so Yeah,
1: I love the idea, too, of, like, I know that a lot of podcasts will do, like, listener stories episodes where they, like, Mm -hmm. anonymously go through things people have sent them. Like, here's somebody who said this, 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 and then kind of just, like, share the story without necessarily asking for much from the person. Um, And I think I would love to do something like that, too, even. I think that would be great. agreed. Yeah.
0: So if you want to learn more about these, I know we just briefly touched on each of them. Again, they're good resources are glad.org. That's dot org, and asexuality.org. Those are a great resource. If you want to learn more, that's where I got most of this information from. So if you are interested in learning more and maybe you found a new identity to connect with, that's very exciting. I'm happy for you. Glad we could be here to help ace snaps <laughs> um also uh, if you want to share your like listener story with us again, our gmail is ace space pod at gmail um you can also find us on Twitter at ace space podcast use hashtag a space pod follow me and Alex on twitter There's a lot of ways to I'm... get in touch
1: with us basically <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you if you stare in a mirror and say a space three times, we'll probably hear you. <laughs> we'll appear. Yeah.
0: Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Michaela Tweeting, M-I-K-A-Y-L-A Tweeting, and Alex at A-I-E-X-A-B-E. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. It's been fun. I had a very good time. I feel... <laughs> I feel like it was really short, but I don't know if that's just me having like a good was time. I felt like it was too, but then
1: I looked at my recording time and we're almost at, we're just like, we're just like past an hour. 45 minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, full episode. Time flies when you're having I fun, know. I guess. I
1: literally, I was like, that felt like 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> so thank you for listening to this week's episode. We will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.